Welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast where college students and faculty come together to talk about mental health, wellness, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. Together, we set and achieve goals for ourselves to get us where we want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 75 of the podcast. Oh, man, it feels good to say that. <laughs> um, welcome back, everybody, and for anyone that is new to the show, Welcome. Uh, I am hella excited to be back this fall. Uh, the summer was kick-ass, and I'll tell you a little bit about it, but with the changing seasons, uh, you know, the changing weather we've had here in the Northeast, it just gets the juices flowing for, uh, you know, a new, a new semester, uh, some new things going on, new goals to be set, new ways to be learning about managing our mental health to the fullest, and a new audience to welcome. So I know I hinted in the last episode of the spring that I was thinking about changing things up. And, uh, you know, as it turns out, I was sort of at a crossroads at that point, And I'll get into that a little bit. But um, one of the things that came out of being in that crossroads was wanting to sort of change my direction a little bit, just slightly. Um, for all you returning members, thank you for coming back. Uh, hope you're ready to kill it this semester uh, in college. And um, I appreciate you coming back. Hopefully, maybe you told somebody about the show over the summer and uh, they're tuning in for the first time. Uh, that is great. But I kind of did some soul searching uh, over the spring and into the summer. And some things helped me do that that I'm going to talk about. And the thing that I came out of it was that I really wanted to keep the same focus. wanted to keep it about, uh, keep it mainly for college students with mental health issues. But you notice I took that out of the tagline in the beginning. Um, because we're, we're doing more than just doing that, I, I found. And I wanted to invite faculty to join the party. So welcome faculty that may have uh, joined since the spring. Um, really happy to have you on and get your perspective and include, you know, some practical tips for helping college students that may be in your classrooms that might be struggling with any kind of mental health issue or disability, uh, how to empower them to, you know, kind of get what they need done in their, in your classroom and kind of fulfill their, their goals and dreams and how you can best help them with that. So welcome guys. Um, so yeah, you notice I changed up the tagline a little bit because I really did want to, to take it away from you know, mental health issues and more make it a, a focus on mental health in general, uh, about wellness strategies that we can incorporate into our daily lives. A lot of times, uh, you know, I advocate the routine or, or consistent approach. Um, mentorship, you know, advocacy of that. Um, I've had several of my mentors on over the years, and I talk about mentorship a, a great deal and think it's important in college and entrepreneurship, which I will continue to focus on. So those four factors are really, you know, the bread and butter that I found as we enter now uh, our fifth semester, um, unbelievable, and our third year of doing the podcast. Um, and then we, we keep the focus the same. Uh, together, we set and achieve goals for ourselves to get us where we want to be. And I'm still your host, and it's still just me, although I have some kick-ass interviews that I've done over the summer in preparation for the fall. Uh, really uh, feel good about starting the semester, uh, as prepared as I am. Um, 
So what are we going to do? All right. So first, let me talk a little bit about my summer um, and how it, it kind of led to, you know, the podcast uh, having its little change and uh, some of the things I did. Um, one of the things as I left you guys in the spring that I was talking about was going on a trip uh, to the Netherlands, and that was awesome. And I, I got my, um, I made a connection in the Netherlands that you will hear today in, in our interview. Um, so that was really awesome. Um, did some other stuff too, went camping a bunch, uh, went to the music festival, saw some shows. Um, it was a really great summer. Uh, I had a week where I took off. Um, where unfortunately my wife had to had to work still, but I was able to take off and take my son on some different day trips and went up to visit my brother in Vermont where he just moved, uh, spent some time with my parents, went out on a, my dad's new boat. Uh, it was really, really fun. I hope you guys had an equally enjoyable summer. I also worked though. Um, so, you know, I, I taught a class. It was a brand new class for me. Uh, it was actually about developmental disabilities, which I, uh, I really ended up enjoying the course. And uh, I took a class uh, about qualitative methods in um, research, which uh, I'm not going to get into what that is. You can look it up. But um, I, I had this sort of uh, dread going into the class and uh, ended up really liking it. So um, even, even the work that I did, I took another one credit course, which actually met on Saturdays which was kind of brutal in, in July and August, but um, even ended up enjoying that somewhat. So got some work done towards my, my PhD goal. Um, but then, yeah, I also attended a, a conference down in Orlando, um, and you guys heard a, a bit of one of my presentations that I did. Uh, so it was the Association of Higher Ed and Disability, or HED. Uh, they do a national conference every year, and it was the first time I had gone and presented uh, two different times, one with a, a colleague that uh, went with me and then one on my own, which was that AHEAD talk, which is sort of inspired by TED Talks. And I talked about sort of, um, you know, the, the origins of the podcast, how it developed and what I saw in terms of uh, a promising future for the science behind uh, podcasting and goal achievement. So if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go back. It's the episode just previous to this one, uh, episode 74. Uh, it's unlike any of the other episodes that I've released. It doesn't have an intro. Oh, I don't I think it did. Uh, maybe I did a brief one. Uh, it's been so long, though, so it's not in the regular rotation. But from now on, you can expect uh, over the next 15 weeks, I will give you 15 episodes or do my very best. Uh, and I will do them consistently. I believe Thursday is going to be the release day this semester, it's just based on my schedule. I have a bunch of stuff that I have to do in the earlier part of the week that are uh, work commitments and school commitments. So I think by Thursday I should have the episode uh, done and will be released as it will be today, September 7th, this Thursday. So yeah, I one of the things, as I mentioned, was the AHEAD conference. And the other... Um, big thing that happened related to the podcast was going to the Netherlands. Um, and those two things really helped put into focus how important the podcast was for me and how I needed, had this, you know, innate desire to keep it going. Um, and, you know, how important it seemed to be for others um, and, and how they seemed to be really supportive of it, everybody that I've talked to. Um, 
you guys know that, that have been listening that the spring semester was a bit of a challenge for me. Um, I, I was out of work for close to a month. I had some uh, physical disability setbacks um, that were really scared me for a little bit, but um, happy to report that they are for the most part behind me. I'm actually back in occupational therapy because uh, I did not feel completely healed and uh, I'm really glad I made that decision in retrospect. So yeah, I'm trying to take care of my own wellness. I'm still working on that a little bit, but feeling a lot better uh, than I did in the spring. And that and just some other things, you know, the, the podcast got to be a grind, you know, simply put. Uh, and I got to be a little starved for topics. And I was a little discouraged that I just wasn't hearing from the audience in the way that I'd envisioned. You know, it was just a little discouraging. Um, so I was really unsure what I was going to do come fall, if I was going to keep doing it or if I was going to change it up. And um, the things that put it into focus was, was one, you know, um, doing that ahead uh, talk and preparing that, that discussion really made me, it forced me to think about the podcast, not only where it had come from and, and, come, and gotten to in the present, but also where it was headed because I wanted to give the listeners that, that attended, you know, a clear picture. And so I was glad that that came when it did. Um, and it made me realize how it is an important part of, of what I do at work and possibly, you know, for the future when it comes to school. Um, maybe I'll study podcasting somehow. Uh, so that was one really big help in terms of getting me over that hump. And I, I do definitely don't feel that way anymore. I feel recharged, refreshed. I think being on a, on a seasonal schedule helps with that a great deal. The fact that I can kind of take the summer off and recharge my batteries. And um, maybe you guys get a break from me for a little bit before you hear me again come September or come January. So that was one big thing. And the other was, uh, as we're going to hear, um, meeting Elena. So I discuss it in the beginning of the interview that you're going to hear in a, in a couple of minutes, how we, how I came to meet her. Um, but it was really just uh, an inspiration to have her reach out and then to end up meeting her in Holland uh, in a town called Utrecht and hear her story. And then we ended up connecting, you know, on Skype over the summer to record this interview. So it, it was not done while I was in the Netherlands. It was done uh, a couple months later. Um, but I wanted to kind of start the season off with this interview because, one, it, it kind of did tie back to last semester a little bit, so I thought it would be a good, uh, a logical place to lead off. But I think it's inspiring. Um, and as I come back at the end, I will kind of get into some of the uh, inspiration and we'll talk about our goals for the year. I want to talk about what my goal is and your homework and all that. So come stay with us. All right. Olena, welcome to the College Student Success Podcast. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks. So, uh, so a little bit of background story. Um, I had mentioned a few podcasts ago. It was back in the spring semester, actually, that I was taking a trip to the Netherlands for a, um, it was a business trip. Uh, and a day or so later, I had gotten a wonderful email from uh, this woman, Olena, who we're going to talk to today, 
um, and uh, sort of a, a relationship spawned from that. So I'm very happy to, to have you on the show today. We were able to, to meet up in the Netherlands and, and chat, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing that conversation. Uh, so one of the things I was hoping to, to get from you, Elena, um, is to kind of share your recovery story, um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, your experience with recovery, um, you know, whatever you want to talk about, and I'll, I'll ask you questions from there. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I would like to introduce myself in, in the beginning. I'm Olena Trumper public relations professional from Ukraine who moved in 2009 to the Netherlands. Currently, I'm doing voluntary work as a journalist in mental health media in the Netherlands, and I'm also ambassador of the Dutch organization named Together Strong Without Stigma, which is raising public awareness about stigma in psychiatry and addiction. I'm, I'm 40 years old, married, I have a Dutch husband, a stepson of 15 years old, and two gentle cats. That's probably all I would like to say in the beginning about myself, mm -hmm. and then uh, I go to a recovery story. Okay. Uh, I had uh, several psychoses since 2006 together with mood disorder. My psychiatrist calls it bipolar, but I would rather avoid this diagnosis mm -hmm. because I believe that diagnoses are only good for hospital internal use and social security issues. <laughs> so usually, usually I just say I have mood swings and I have psychosis and I think people uh, have a better picture what what they actually have. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess I had mood swings all my life. I remember being very depressive in my teenage time, several years, and I remember being maniac while my twenties. Okay, so you're, you know, we won't call it bipolar, but your your disorder. Um, it seems like there was like longer cycles because um, sometimes people cycle between the the mood swings very rapidly. You know, they'll they'll be happy for a few days and then um, depressed for a few days. But if you are describing it th this way, I just want to make sure I understand it well. That you know, for a long period of time in in your teenage years, you were in that down cycle of depression and then sort of mm -hmm. had this manic. Uh, phase uh, through much of your 20s, is that correct? Exactly, Derek. Yeah. I, I had a long periods of depression, years, and I had long periods of being maniac, also years, but now when I'm actually taking medicine, the cycles became very short. Okay, and good. What I have, yeah, what, what I have actually now, I can have two days of depression per month, once per month. Mm -hmm. I, ha I can have two days of depression and maybe one maniac day, but not really. Uh, that's much better, it sounds. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would like to tell how I, um, how I um, get into psychosis. Uh, okay. Uh, because 
Actually, I didn't have uh, much difficulties with depression and mania, but psychosis was a disaster for me. Mm. And uh, in 2006, I became a member of the organization Inner Design. It was about self-development by means of esoteric knowledge and techniques. One of the techniques was brain hyperventilation achieved by deep and rhythmic breath work. Uh, later on, I learned that psychiatrists know that hyperventilation, just like using drugs, can become a trigger for psychosis for some people. Hmm. It's a really small percentage of people who react with the psychosis on the breath work and on drugs, but it's a known phenomenon. So it happened to me, hyperventilation became a trigger for me to become psychotic. So let me understand this and, and explain it maybe a little uh, clearer for the audience because I've never heard this before. You're saying that you learned, uh, this was now probably about a decade ago, you said in 2006, um, yeah. that a trigger for you was the experience of hyperventilating or, or breathing really rapidly. It would bring on psychosis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's also called holotropic breathing. Mm -hmm. It was invented somewhere uh, in the sixties of the last century. If if you dig uh, Wikipedia about it, you surely uh, you surely learn about it. I will. Yeah. Quite, yeah. But um, yeah. So I had to learn dealing and living with, with, with my psychosis. Mm -hmm. uh, firstly, first years I refused to take my vulnerability serious and tried to deny it, but it kept coming back. And after three psychotic, psychotic episodes, I accepted taking daily medicine. And I think that that's probably from my experience talking with a number of other students and with talking with some of the interview guests I've had on in past seasons, um, like a, a, the experience that many others have that, you know, and I can understand, like, nobody wants to take medication if they don't have to. And if you don't believe you need it, then I, I, it stands to reason I, it makes sense you wouldn't feel uh, very positive about taking it. And it is a lot of times, I think, that you know, one, two, maybe three relapses later, people start to realize like, oh, I guess I do need to do this. <laughs> I know I, it was similar in my recovery, which is kind of having to learn these lessons that no matter what people told me, <laughs> like the medication's going to help. I, you know, I didn't believe it until I, you know, had to learn for myself. <laughs> for me, the most difficult was side effects of this medication because I had the feeling that I'm not living anymore and I'm not experiencing life as, as pure as it is. Oh, yeah. So I, I sort of had existential questions. Is it worth living on, on such medication? Yeah. So it was really difficult to accept. I understand. I did, yeah, the side effects are a whole nother story, so I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah. Okay, so it's about 10 years ago, and you're starting to learn how to manage your, your mental illness a little bit better through the use of uh, 
medication and it sounds like through learning just kind of more about yourself and and what triggers you and, and what can help you does that sound right yeah it, it's absolutely right i do my meds daily two times a day um I do some supportive therapies, which I can for myself, for example, jogging, uh, jogging long distance two times per week, and I do it already for years. It's good. Uh, it, it's, it's really good against depression. Uh, I also do mindfulness meditation. Uh, I kind of uh, limit my uh, working life because I know that I don't have that much energy as uh, other people probably have. For example, I know that I wouldn't work 40 hours a week. It's not a schedule for me. So several things uh, which I pay attention to to stay healthy and also read the wellness recovery action plan. Uh, that 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 is also a, an instrument to st- to stay healthy. But um, what I wanted to say is that uh, uh, I call myself now healthy and highly sensitive. I'm sensitive to stress, to psychosis, and to mood swings. But I call myself healthy even though I take my meds every day. Why? Because I feel healthy. And I have a meaningful life. Yeah, that's very well said, Elena. And it sounds to me like you've done a lot of the deep thinking on, you know, what recovery means to you. And and you've sort of summed it up right there. You know, you prefer to use certain terminology to describe your condition. And that's great. And I think everybody, if people feel similarly, should, you know, communicate that to the people around them. And, um you know, learning the strategies that work for you in terms of wellness uh, is something I want to ask you about. So when one of the, the greatest things that you uh, that that happened when we were there was when you had showed me your your wellness suitcase, which takes yeah. the idea of a wellness toolbox to a whole new level. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that. And I'm going to include pictures of your wellness suitcase in the show notes for today's episode. Yeah, it's a pure self-management tool, which was developed by Mary Ellen Copeland in the 90s of the last century. It's a system, um, it's kind of backup system to support yourself if things are going wrong, for example, with your illness or any things you have in your life. Um, the central thing for me in this uh, plan, recovery uh, action plan, is plan itself, but also a wellness suitcase. And it's very uh, real thing. It's a, it's a real small suitcase, which, which I have, with all sorts of items inside, which symbolize different... Uh, uh, actions, therapies, uh, what, I, what I can do for myself when I don't feel so good. Um, I would start with the beginning. I saw such a wellness box. It was a box in 2015. On my first course 
making begin with recovery. And there was a peer worker who brought his box and he started to take one item after another and show to us and say, this is a ticket to a zoo. When I don't feel so well, I'm going to a zoo. Mm-hmm. And I was mesmerized with these items he had. I, I looked at him as if it was a magician. <laughs> That's kind of the way I was when you were showing me yours. <laughs> That's a good way to describe yes. it. I just couldn't believe yes. you how much time and, and effort you put into it. So, yeah. Yeah, that feeling, are you a magician? It gave me inspiration to create such suitcase of my own. I did it within a year. It's not uh, ready yet, totally ready, because I still have 16 items uh, out of my suitcase. Uh, it costs uh, money. It's about $50, such a suitcase to put everything together. But it's very rewarding because I really use it for my depressions and money, which happens not so often, maybe one time per three months. But what happens more often, I use it for connection with peers. It it brings people together, people with the same experiences. When I open it, they uh, recognize their own therapies, their own practices to stay better. And it's a good way to, to, to stay together. Yeah, I agree. And it, it start it gets the conversation started, you know, about mental health and about, you know, coping strategies, which I think we can definitely stand to have more conversations about. And, you know, just to clarify for the audience, you know, you might be thinking she's carrying around this huge suitcase behind her, but it's a small suitcase. It fits like in in her purse. So um, just even from the pictures, you might think, wow, how big is that? But um, it, it to fit that many items, I mean, you, you get you have some, you know, pretty small items, but they're all sort of symbols of things that um, mean something to you or, or sort of would it seem like to be a calming influence on you. Um, so can you give an example of a couple of the items in there? Yeah, sure. For example, shoelace means uh, running therapy or a small electric lamp. It's a light therapy in the winter. A uh, piece of earbuds, listening to audiobooks, toy cat, spending time with my pet pouch with coffee beans, drinking coffee, and so on. Yeah. So I think it's great because it seems like these are like reminders because, you know, for people that haven't been psychotic and I and I haven't, um, I would imagine it, it might be difficult to remember the things in the moment that would help you or you're kind of bring peace to to you and to have be able to know like oh there's a place I can go you know into the suitcase and look and see things that will sort of trigger the the positive uh, wellness strategies that you want to use so so I would like to say to tell a joke about um, finding things unexpectedly imagine such a gloomy day terrible winter everything is great and uh, a man decides to commit suicide and he comes to the kitchen and he sees uh, 
and he sees a bagel. And he goes very joyful, a bagel. Oh yes, a bagel, something tasty. And he forgets about his decision to commit suicide. So that's what I feel with my suitcase when I open it. Oh, there is a bagel. Oh, what a, what a nice bagel. I'm going to eat it and it, it, it's all right. Yeah. And it's like all you need sometimes is just that couple of moments of, you know, directing your attention off of, you know, whatever it is that's troublesome and, and onto something that's a little more lighthearted. Um, and, and in your case, therapeutic. I think that's a great, you know, uh, analogy. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's talk about your experience at college a little bit. You know, we're, we're on the College Student Success Podcast and... Um, what is what is your experience like at college? I know you talked to me a little bit about the recovery college, but I didn't know if you had other college experience in your background. I have uh, several college experiences in my background, but the recent experience was with the Enic Recovery College in Utrecht. And uh, recovery college sometimes is called school of life in the world. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's already in several countries. You, you can find recovery coaches. They are mostly for people who need recovery, people with mental issues, people with addictions, uh, other difficult problems in their life. And I was a student in such a recovery college for one and a half year. Uh, I'm very grateful to people who work there and to people who organize such college because it gave me an opportunity for personal growth and um, it's, it was really a school of life to me it helped me to um, cope with, with my limitation and I would even say to rise above my limitation above my problems above my traumas or disruptions in my life um, I have a very good experience there with empowerment and personal growth education. Yeah, this uh, is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just yeah, think it's, yeah. such, it's such an awesome concept that I wish we had in America, uh, this idea of a recovery college or a school of life, as you say, um, which seems like it's, you know, designed to be kind of, you know, it's not going to be there, you know, people aren't there forever, like, you know, a day treatment program for people that have severe mental illness, that it really is designed, you know, with this school mindset of you're going to take, you know, these courses in in personal development and, and related to recovery. Um, I just think that's so great. And I wish we had something comparable here in America. You know, I hope it's going to appear in America because it, it appears gradually in Great Britain and New Zealand, in Australia and in the Netherlands. And I think America is just next to these countries. Yeah, uh, I agree. So, and yeah. for, for those of you that are interested in learning a little bit more about this, the particular recovery college that Elena attended, I'm going to include a link in the show notes. Um, the website is in Dutch, but you can use Google Translate. I mean, I was able to kind of look at it and get a general idea um, once it's translated of some of the services that they offer and stuff, if you're interested. 
Um, so let's turn to goals now. Um, wanted to ask you, since this is a you know goal-focused program, uh, what are you working on this semester, and, and what are your what are your goals at in relation to your recovery now? Yeah, very nice question because I'm a kind of goal-oriented person, always was, and I have uh, two sorts of goals: uh, new goals something new what what it will reach and i have ongoing things which are which i would like to keep going and that's also a goal so uh, my biggest goal at the moment is to enter the university in amsterdam in the fall this year uh, i would like to work there on my master communication science uh, and uh, after completing my studies, my goal is getting a job in the field of public relations and communication. Uh, as, as for other goals, uh, I'm planning to do training in mindfulness and training photo voice. Photo voice is um, actually American uh, training, which yeah. comes from Boston University Center for Psychiatric Rehabilitation, and I just want to do it. Um, another goal, keep jogging two times per week, which I, which I already do four years, so I don't know how many years more, endless. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I would like to be active as person with lived experience and as peer for others people. I would like to keep doing my voluntary work, writing articles about recovery, facilitating my LinkedIn group, working with bipolar people, and becoming an open, honest, and proud trainer. Okay. That's a lot of great goals, Olena. Uh, so yeah. for just uh, clar uh, for clarity's sake, this uh, interview is being recorded in the summer of 2017. It will air in the fall, uh, so it seems like once this airs, you will be at the uh, the university. Have you been accepted at this point? Yeah, I hope so. Okay, great. And you you said you're going to do a master's in communications there, which is awesome because I know you have an interest in. Uh, seems like journalism, or, or um, you know, I know you yes, interviewed me when I was there. That's great. Yes, I studied in the United States journalism and communication when I was 19 years old in my early student age. So I'm doing a little bit of journalism, uh, but uh, my passion is uh, public relations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's great uh, to give a voice, you know, to uh, people and organizations uh, that support uh, people with mental illness, you know, it's definitely work we need a lot more of, uh, you know, worldwide. I had forgotten that you had um, done some schooling here. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your experience uh, with the college in the United States? Yes, uh, um, yeah, with pleasure. It was a student exchange program in 1996-97, I studied journalism and communication in Iowa, in a small town, Clinton, which is on Mississippi River. And it was my 
first serious acquaintance with computer and internet. And uh, um, yes, the studies was uh, one thing, but internet at home was another big thing for me. And I even missed a little bit my studies because I was so fascinated with this internet <laughs> I remember <laughs> I, it too, yeah. I, it was right around the same time that I, w I had gone to school, 1996 uh, is when I went to Rutgers first. And I had no idea what the internet was before leaving for school. And it was that fall of 96 that I had had a roommate that brought along a, a personal computer to our dorm room and was like, I'm gonna hook up to the internet. And we're, I was like, what's that? And he was like, oh, look. And there was like these, you know, chat rooms and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I think it was Web Thrower, not Google, but Web Thrower or uh -huh. something like that. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of the different, you know, Alta Vista and- um... Alta Vista, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so you were an exchange student, and this is when you were living in Ukraine, correct? Yes, uh, I was living in Ukraine. I come originally from Ukraine. I'm Ukrainian, but I had a chance to live one year in the United States and to study one year in the United States. Yeah, that's great. So that was a while back, and you were saying when you when I was visiting that you still have a relationship with that host family that you had. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. These people are visiting us this summer, so they, they're coming to Netherlands, and we're coming to Iowa, and uh, it's, it's just maybe the most long relations I ever had. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, maybe I'll do a, a show on uh, exchange student, uh, you know, like the pros and cons of that. I think that might be a topic that people might be interested in. If you're interested, guys, uh, you know, write in, let me know. I might do something on foreign exchange programs uh, in the future. So uh, this has been a, a really wonderful interview, Ole, and I really appreciate having you on. I wanted to ask, uh, I think, one more question. Yeah, uh, related to, you know, somebody that has a lot of uh, experience, you know, with recovery, uh, and, and being a student and, and being around students, the, I'm asking, wondering what advice you would have for college students uh, that are experiencing mental health issues that might have big goals and dreams but are struggling right now to make any progress on them. Yeah, probably I will have more to say uh, in the coming two years because I'm going to experience it myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, I can say a uh, couple of words uh, out of my uh, previous experience. Uh, I think it's very important to make sure that your goals, dreams, is really what you want. Because there is nothing stronger than a person who does something because he or she really wants it. So this desire is the central part of success to me, at me, to me. Uh, I would like also to encourage not to stay in your comfort zone and go for a challenge and expand your limits. You don't know what you can until you try it. And education is a good way to do it, to expand your limits. Uh, I would like also to say, come together with peers and search for peer support. 
And remember, big people can name themselves peers, but only you can define who is a peer to you. Stay in touch with like-minded people. And of course, keep listening to College Student Success Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Olena. <laughs> I, I, I especially relate to the, the first piece of advice about making sure that you that your goal is really what you want. And it speaks, I think, to really knowing yourself. And that's something I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to continue to work on. But I, I really feel like I've, I've been thinking about late, a lot lately is this idea that um, personal advancement to me means a lot about like figuring out what you like and what you don't like and sort of designing your life to include as much of those things that are enjoyable to you. But sometimes you're just kind of, you have goals that you think you want, but when you, just because they might be, you know, things that people around you have and you're just sort of expected to want those things too. I'm getting very philosophical here. I didn't think I would, but, um, you really do some soul searching and you figure out like, ah, you know what? I thought I wanted that, but it turns out that I, I really, uh, I, I was only thinking I wanted it because, you know, maybe my parents thought it wanted it for me. You know, I just, um, knowing yourself and, and really helps to know like what your true goals are in life. And, um, you know, I, I say that about college all the time. It's like, you know, I think people, feel like they this pressure like oh I have to go to college even if they don't deep down feel like that's a goal of theirs and if that's you then you know I, I urge you to think about it a little bit more like it's okay <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah all right Elena thank you so much for coming on the show today I really appreciate having you on yeah it was my pleasure all right and we are back uh, just listening back to that, you know, because I hadn't, I had done it a, a couple months ago. Um, again, I found it really inspiring um, for a few reasons. Um, one, I really appreciated having Olena talk so openly about psychosis. Um, psychosis is not something that I've really focused much on the show uh, in the past. You know, I focused mainly on depression and anxiety just because those seem to be, I guess, the more... Um, the frequently reported things that students, when I, the ones that I've talked to at least, have struggled with. Um, so it was good to get that perspective of somebody that struggles with psychosis and what she does in order to manage it and what it kind of is like. Um, and the fact that she uses, you know, she did a RAP plan, a wellness and recovery action plan, and put such effort into that wellness suitcase. And you could see uh, pictures of that, as I mentioned in the interview uh, in the show notes. Uh, it was really pretty awesome to me. I had never seen somebody kind of take that kind of care into selecting items to put into uh, you know, a wellness toolbox, or in her case, suitcase, uh, and have it mean that much. And, and you could see how much it helped. Um, so the fact that she really kind of reinforced, uh, you know, and was living proof of the, um, series I had done in the spring on wellness and recovery action planning. It was a four, five part series, I think, four part. Um, you know, I think this was a kind of good example of her, you know, really taking it to the extreme, but, and you don't have to, you know, go through all of that if you don't want to some, just simply completing the form, the wellness and recovery action plan and listing your your tools in your wellness arsenal um, would be a good start. 
Um, so she really kind of um, embodies rap in, in the way that I, I envisioned um, and her discussion of, of psychosis and also her advocacy work um, and just her perspective. You know, a lot of uh, people that I've had on the show have been recent college grads. So they have the perspective of having recently completed school and, and what it was like. Uh, Olena's story was a little different, right? So she talked, she had the long-term perspective, um, being 40, of what it was like to um, be in school and struggle with a mental illness and now think about it years later. And as she kind of prepares for the next chapter in her life, what she's doing to kind of get ready and uh, based on what she's already learned, you know, through having done it before and also having, you know, the things she's done since, uh, since she's been out of school. Uh, especially like the advice at the end about making sure the goal is what you want, is what you really want. So definitely some good stuff to think about. Um, as you guys think about your goal, um, just to remind people that uh, have been with us for a little bit or um, new folks that are coming to listen to the show, um, the, the thing that I think the defining feature for me, at least uh, for the podcast, is that not only do you hopefully listen and, and kind of gain some insight into you know mental health or wellness each week, but you also sort of to some own take your own steps in your own personal recovery um, by taking the time to set a goal now. You know, it's the beginning of a new semester. It's it's a good time to be thinking about something that you may be thinking about have been thinking about for a while of wanting to accomplish, but you know it's been on the back burner for whatever. Or maybe it's related to school and something that it's like, this semester, I need to do this. You know, I really want to get an A or I really got to pass everything or I really want to pick my major or decide upon my major or whatever. It could be related to school. It could be related to something that's a passion of yours outside of school. It could be sort of a blending of the both of them. It could be a wellness goal. Whatever it is that's something that's on your mind that's important to you that you think you can really make a dent in or even achieve by the end of the semester. So over the course of about 15 weeks, what's something you can do? So think about it. My suggestion would be to write it down um, to hopefully help with that accountability and really make it feel like a goal. And even a better step would be to tell somebody that you're going to do this, right? So that even uh, ratchets up the accountability a little bit more. If you say to your significant other when you go home later, like, hey, you know what? I decided that for the next couple of months, I'm going to, uh, you know, start bike riding twice a week. I don't know. Uh, and because once you verbalize it, it sort of becomes like part of you. And, and now you have somebody to kind of like check in with you, you know, if it's, if it's a significant other, they're probably going to be supportive of that kind of goal and say, hey, if you hadn't done it in a few days, for example, I thought you were going to be bike riding and that might, you know, just be the little thing that you need. Um, or just sometimes you need to kind of put it out there to get started. So what's your goal? I want to hear it. Um, tweet me. Uh, I put out on Twitter. Um, I think I'm at D. Malinzak, uh, but you can find the uh, my Twitter handle uh, in the show notes of today's episode. Let me know what goals you're going to be working on this semester. I would love, love, love to hear you know what the listeners are, are up to in terms of uh, the challenges that they've set for themselves and uh, what will follow are you know figuring out the steps that we need to take and uh, then you know enacting them. So. Um, 
so yeah, as you guys probably know, I do set my own goal each week, each semester along with you guys. And I've, uh, I've managed to achieve a, a great deal thanks to you guys, um, because you all are my accountability. Um, you know, and I go on each week, um, we don't talk about progress every week, but you know, every three, four weeks, whatever it is, uh, when we check in on goals and I usually talk about mine, it kind of feels shitty if I don't have anything to report to you guys. So you're a little, my, my little like kick in the butt. Uh, sometimes I'm thinking like, oh, I need to do this. It's because I, I, I owe it to myself, number one, that's the real reason, but um, you guys are a big secondary reason as to why I'm able to kind of follow through on some things. Um, so do your best, you know, I was, uh, my goal sort of <laughs> got derailed in the spring, you know, I had this big wellness goal and it ended up being more, ended up being, turning into like a rehabilitation goal, like I just needed to get, get, my, get myself right. Uh, when I got injured. Um, but this semester, I have a much more um, specific, very measurable goal. Um, and so we talk about SMART goals, uh, specific and measurable uh, are the S and the M there. And uh, this goal is definitely both of those things. So my goal this semester is to, and it's a lofty one, um, but my goal is to double my listener downloads. So I have, you know, I'm not going to say the exact number, but I have set, you know, I've seen over the last three months, I've averaged a set number of downloads per month. And it's been pretty consistent over these last three months. And I'm really happy to see, you know, it's been a big boost um, from the beginning of the year to now. Um, thank you all, you know, from the bottom of my heart for subscribing and downloading and sharing it with others. Um, special hello to my Japanese friends out there that have been coming out in full force and downloading as well as uh, everybody you know it's great to see the different uh, people where they reside because you can see that in the downloads so I want to double what I've gotten uh, kind of grown accustomed to so I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do that yet but I got you know 15 weeks and I have some ideas so I'm going to be uh, working on that and I'm going to be you know probably sharing some of that with you and I'll check in with you guys and, and let you know my progress, you know, percentage-wise as we go forward. I know there's a good chance I may not achieve this goal, but I think it'll be um, it'll be a fun pursuit. Uh, so it's something I never really focused on. I was, you know, specifically uh, in terms of setting a goal for the show of growing the show. Um, but that's really what I want to do. Uh, I think we got a good thing going here, and I want to really get the faculty on board. Uh, so hopefully you guys got something out of this too. And if uh, there's something else you'd like to hear, um, please uh, send me an email, collegestudentsuccesspodcast at gmail.com. And just a couple of things I wanted to wrap up with. Um, I wanted to give you a preview of some things that we have coming up this semester. Um, so I was able, as I mentioned, to get a few interviews already um, done and in the books. And that feels awesome to be, uh, you know, ahead of the game a little bit. Uh, so I have a few more college students coming at you over the next few months. Um, recent college grads sharing their experiences, um, you know, in recovery and uh, and not. Um, one student I have uh, coming on to, uh, to talk about Greek life and what it's like to be in a, a sorority or fraternity and kind of maybe dispel some of the myths that you may have of that if that's something you're maybe interested in or, you know, the specific focus of what it's like to be in a sorority or, or fraternity um, and have a mental illness uh, that is touched on as well. So hopefully that is uh, helpful for you guys. Um, I have something on um, ECT or electroconvulsive therapy. 
um, which is a very, uh, you know, sort of a controversial type of treatment for mental illness and one that I really didn't know much about. But it came up in an interview that you'll hear uh, this semester, and I wanted to get more info. And so you'll hear uh, about that. I haven't actually um, recorded that one yet, but I, I do have it scheduled. So I'm excited to bring you that one. Uh, I'll have somebody also that I've scheduled uh, coming on to talk about mindfulness. And that's a topic that I've actually been, I've had it on my list for like three semesters now to bring somebody on. And, and I just, the, the people that I kept uh, linking up with, it just didn't work out. So I think I finally got somebody and I'm excited to bring you a, a mindfulness show and how mindfulness can help with college success and goal achievement, both in the classroom as a college student, as a faculty member. Um, and I'm thinking of doing the series. I haven't gotten it all finalized yet, but I'm thinking of doing a series on like leveraging your disability or how, you know, if you have a disability, if you have a diagnosis, all right, that might suck in a lot of ways. But if you're going to have it, maybe you could use it to your advantage in other ways. And that's all I'll say about it because I'm still really kind of trying to refine that idea. Um, so that is it. Uh, last thing I want to mention is for new listeners, I have a, um, an online course uh, for people that might be listeners that are new to online learning. If you're a college student and maybe you're a freshman and you're taking an online course for the first time, or maybe you're uh, somebody that is going back for a second career uh, and you were in college like 20 years ago and you didn't have an online classes back then and now you're all of a sudden signed up for one and you don't know what the heck uh, you're going getting into, uh, I designed an online course that helps people figure out online learning and the differences between traditional classroom learning. It is available on Udemy. And uh, if you click on the link in the show notes, it should take you to the page. Um, Udemy always has sales, uh, so it should be, if you're uh, new to Udemy, pretty heavily discounted. Um, but if you see it at retail price, if it's at listed at 50, uh, email me and I'll send you a coupon code and you'll get a good chunk of that off. So uh, hopefully, you know, people might be able to take advantage of it. The feedback that I've gotten has been pretty positive so far. It's uh, pretty easy to follow along. It's videos. You watch one a day for 30 days and, um, that, and you've kind of got online learning sort of figured out a little bit in terms of like the major um, aspects of it and some of the, the strategies that go along with it. So, all right, that is it. Feel good about this semester. Um, I am going <laughs> to, as good as I feel, I'm going to kind of end on a little bit of a depressing note. Um, so a little bit of a trigger warning here. I'm going to talk a little bit about suicide um, and something that, you know, some stuff that happened over the summer. So if you are not interested in hearing about it, um, you know, the, I don't have anything else, just the song uh, that I'm going to be ending on um, to talk about. So I'll see you next week. But if you do want to stick around, so there was a, a couple of deaths this summer by suicide that um, really affected a lot of people. I noticed on Twitter, um, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden was uh, one, and Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park was the other. And for me, um, Chris Cornell was was a bit of a, you know, a blow to me, uh, more so just because I was, you know, I listened to Soundgarden, you know, I was a product of the 90s, so I grew up with Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Like those three were like the holy trinity of Seattle grunge rock uh, in the early 90s. And um, 
I enjoyed him, you know, with Audio Slave and, um, you know, just amazing voice. And uh, so that was really, you know, tough to hear. And then, you know, not very much longer to hear about Chester Bennington um, taking his own life. So in tribute to those two, I found um, this chilling song. Um, it's actually Chester singing at... Um, sorry. Um, singing at Chris Cornell's funeral or memorial service. Uh, and he does Hallelujah, which is itself a, a pretty emotional song. Um, so just wanted to pay tribute to these two uh, fallen artists um, and hopefully you know by spreading awareness about um, you know the help that there is available for people that are having a really rough time and suicidal um, that these deaths are not you know in vain and that people might lives might be saved as a result of uh, the ones that have not and have fallen so take you out with these two you know rest in peace um and on a positive note i will see you guys next week peace Thank you.